Coming up on Salt City Code, we chat with Ryan Goss about choosing to work for a software company instead of going to college, his experience teaching at Careers in Code, and what he's learning now. This episode is part five of our series, Catching Up with Careers in Code. My name is Karen Thorne. And I'm Kelly Corey. And together, we are Salt City Code. We'd like to take a minute to say thank you to our sponsor, Hack Upstate, for supporting Salt City Code. Hack Upstate's mission is to unite and facilitate collaboration among the greater upstate New York technology community. Twice a year, Hack Upstate organizes weekend hackathons. Developers and innovators from across central New York come to Syracuse to form teams, build projects, and win amazing prizes. It's all in 24 hours, and it's free to attend. Want to learn more? Visit hackupstate.com and get ready to code. So tonight, Kelly and I are here with uh, Ryan Goss, and we're happy to have you on, another one of our Careers in Code professors. <laughs> and someone we've mentioned before on the podcast, so really excited to have you here. Yeah, thank um, you. Absolutely. Uh, Karen and I both agree you're one of our favorite instructors from oh, the Careers in Code program. That's so. great to hear. Awesome. Thank you. Really excited to hear more about it. Uh, would you like to tell the listeners a little about yourself? Yeah, so my name's Ryan Goss. Um, I've kind of always been a, like into software. It's been just kind of my thing. Um, I got started when I was relatively young. Like I was uh, in elementary school and kind of... Uh, had interests interests in how computers worked, so I uh, both my parents were engineers. So I uh, oh, wow. I talked to my mom and dad, and they were like, "Oh, there's this whole computer software thing. Maybe you should take a look at that." And my dad, in particular, had done some at work recently, and it was, we uh, he found this language online called Liberty Basic. What? Um, yeah, it was kind of <laughs> an interesting okay. interesting thing. But he come he he comes from uh, he comes from a place where like he just. He's uh, he uses whatever tools like are provided to him by his employer. Like he's he's very much like comes from from that background. He worked at sure. Lockheed Martin for many many years. Like so, defense okay. contracting. Okay. Nice. Um, but anyway, he uh, he kind of we we together got into Liberty Basic, and he like we worked through some stuff together at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then kind of over time, I start to spend more time on I started to spend more time on it on my own. And he maybe, like, got a little further away. And it got to the point where, like, often during... Uh, I'd, I'd be working on these crazy programming problems. And often during dinner, we'd be like... I'd be like, so, Dad, I got this question. And we'd be, like, talking about, like, software stuff. Mm-hmm. And my mom would be, like, kind of listening in. Because she kind of knows what we're talking about. And she'd be like, oh, that maybe that's an interesting thing to explore. My sister would just be there, like... Like, just completely <laughs> bored out of her mind. Just like, oh, okay. oh my God, shut <laughs> up already. Um <laughs> So anyway, like that's that was kind of my introduction at the very beginning, and then just over time, I mm-hmm. just got more and more passionate about it, and it, it pretty clearly, uh, early on, I realized it was the thing I wanted to do. Often was something I, I wanted to spend a good portion of my life doing. So, nice. um, kind of fast forward from there, like I, getting into high school, I was, uh, I at that point, I had done this for enough time where. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I was ahead enough of my peers where, like, during all the software classes that I had taken as electives, because, of course, like, I wanted to take that stuff just because I wanted to get that experience, um, there, I I ended up kind of either helping the teacher teach the class because they weren't as familiar with it as I was at that point, just because I, 
I just had been doing like that particular technology for longer than they probably even knew it existed, just because I had that head start. Either that, or there was a, a C class where like I kind of we had like a book we were going out of, mm-hmm. and everyone else had to get to like chapter five. And I think I went to the end of the book just because I nice. just wanted something to work on and got some stuff out of it, so it was good. Cool. How many languages do you know, or how many I mean, languages have you written in? I, I, I wouldn't really classify it as that. Really, I would. Okay. I would say more just once you kind of get beyond a certain point, learning new programming languages isn't a sort of thing that like you really think about as much. It's more just mm-hmm. there are these sorts of core concepts like conditionals, functions, scoping, things like that, um, variables, mm-hmm. types in many cases, where you understand those concepts and they kind of broadly apply to many languages. Mm-hmm. So what you end up doing is you, you don't really think about like, oh, I'm going to pick up a new programming language. You just be okay. like, oh, I know these concepts. I see this programming language. I look at a couple examples to see, oh, that's how this programming language does it. Mm-hmm. Then I write a couple little examples, and then I'm good. Okay, so it's more about like learning a different syntax as opposed to relearning the basics of programming. Uh, yeah, a different syntax maybe, or, or, or also just like maybe a programming language is a new way of doing things, or like an interesting paradigm mm-hmm. that like I'm oh, familiar sure. with. Um, nice. Like a... I still really have not learned, like, a, a pure functional language. That's, like, something I really wow. want to get into, but haven't. Okay. Um, so, anyway, like, something like that where, like, that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, or, like, uh, actually, at a company I worked at uh, before where I currently work, we did a lot of our uh, back-end logic in a language called mm-hmm. Elixir. Which, oh, uh, okay. I've, I've heard Gus talk about that. Yeah, yeah, so I guess that's kind of functional, but that's not, like pure functional in the sort of sense that I'm thinking of where, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, monads and crap like that. Um, okay, so, like, what kind of language are you thinking of? Uh, like, a, in uh, pure functional, is yeah. what you're saying? Oh, um, like, Haskell or, like, Lu- like Lisp or something. Oh, I don't man. know. I am trying to learn Lisp. Drew showed me this Larpal.it that, like, apparently will let me run Lisp on my computer because I'm interested in teach yourself computer science. Like, it's a course online you can go through, and it starts with um, a course in MIT, and the book that they use uses Lisp. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to figure out how Lisp works. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. Someone else will bring that up. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess kind of from there, like, I uh, kind of the next big thing was I started going to meetups. Like, that was something okay. I did relatively... I guess early on. Um, and the f- story for why I started going to meetups is actually kind of funny. So my dad, he worked at Lockheed Martin for many years. He had a mm-hmm. coworker who was into project management, and just offhand, she mentioned to him like, "Oh yeah, I went to this open hack thing wa- at one point," and like, nice. I didn't really like it, but maybe it's something <laughs> you'd be into. Um, That's great. It's funny because Mike, I talked to him after, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that person. She wasn't like, I don't know." Okay. I mean, I didn't say anything bad, but like, it was just well, like, sure, yeah, but... she was a project manager. She wasn't a developer. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, so my dad was like, yeah, my, my coworker mentioned this. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Because mm-hmm. I, at this point, I was like, at, at school, I wasn't really getting any sort of fulfill- fulfillment out of that. Like, I, I mean, I, I sure. was in that I was like helping people and learn, picking up things occasionally. But much mm-hmm. more was like, I was, I didn't really have peers I could work with that were kind of on the same playing field I was. Like, sure. in many cases, many of the teachers, too, just not because they didn't have the knowledge, but because they mm-hmm. hadn't been working in the technology long enough. Yeah. So, and long story short, I went. Um, it was kind of an awkward first meetup, but it okay. was really, really fun. And I remember thinking after awesome. it, like, wow, I totally want to come back to this. Nice. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I started going to Open Hack like, within the first six months of it starting or so. Okay. And... I've pretty much gone to every single one since. Like, I've missed maybe, like, wow. eight or so over the years. 
Okay. okay. Now, see, this whole time we're sitting here, and just with him explaining so far what he's done, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm sitting with Sheldon Cooper with... Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Not, not, not everything, but, like... Sheldon has all this knowledge, and Ryan has all this knowledge, and that's what it's, you know, it's like, that's, I, it's like sitting with Sheldon Cooper. I mean, kind it's of. It's a good thing, and not. One of my, I, I don't know if I would call this a hobby necessarily, but I just mm-hmm. like collecting curious, like, information. Sure. Um, I, I like to have the sort of, anyone can talk about anything, can be like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that somewhere, kind of being able to connect that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that from my mom. Like, a funny yes. example right now is my mom and I right now, mostly her, but I'm helping her, we're building mm-hmm. a uh, an animatronic horse for a school play. What? Sorry, <laughs> okay. you're building an animatronic horse for yeah. a school play. Now, wait, listen. I want to see video of this yeah. when, when yep. you finish it. For sure, yeah. She sent me a, a really little cool. bit of it working yeah. today, but she has to get it done by the weekend, so I'll share it afterwards. Um, yeah, anyway, it's... Uh, so it, it kind of... Uh, I was earlier in the... Uh, la- later last year, actually, working on a project uh, to build this sort of mechanical mechanism. Um, people may be familiar with it. It's called a Strand Beast. It's made by this... Uh, it's, it's a project done by this artist in the Netherlands named Theo Janssen. Um, and he, okay. he makes these these creatures out of PVC pipe, mostly. Um, and not some other stuff, too. And they, like, kind of walk. And they're all powered by the environment, so solar and wind, mostly. Oh, that's um, cool. And they walk the beach. And the idea is that, like, he's trying to create a whole new form of life, quote-unquote. That's fascinating. Um, I and look that up. the thing that's so cool about them to me is how they walk. Like, they kind mm-hmm. of, like, plod along, and it's very natural-looking, and he's done all the math to make mm-hmm. the linkages to make him walk right. So yeah. I built one of these, like, a small scale of them, one of them, because I was really curious about it and have been for many years. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I made them all out of aluminum, and I, I milled it up and stuff like that. And so nice. I built this mechanism, and then... Uh, I was telling my mom about it, and she was like, oh, yeah, it's really cool. I've, I've been curious about that, too. And then she comes up to me with, like, this project for this uh, this horse for this school play. We're, we're both thinking, like, strong beast legs like, at the same go. time. That's so it's going to have, like, nice. moving strong beast legs. That's so cool. It's, it'll yeah. be fun to do. Salt City Code official announcement. As of April 7th, 2020, we will be switching from a weekly to a bi-weekly episode format. Karen and I feel this option gives us the best chance to balance our personal and professional lives while continuing to keep this podcast running. Salt City Code will air on April 7th and April 21st, with no new episodes on April 14th or April 28th. Thank you all so much for listening and sharing your tech journeys with us. And remember, always keep it salty. I started going to meetups. At that point, really, it was just open hack. And one thing that, like, you you two are relative newcomers to the yes, tech community. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, something that might be interesting for you to hear, like, people who are open hack at that point were a completely different crowd. Oh, really? Um, really? Mike and I, I think, are the only people who still, like, go to the currently that went to it mm-hmm. back then. Um, if you guys know Tom Hart um, from maybe Hack Upstate... He was there. Um, a bunch of people who moved down to New York, um, like uh, uh, Colin Pugh was there. He's someone you guys no. probably don't know. Uh, no. David Granddaddy. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, a okay. bunch of folks. Uh, Jordan Messina, you probably know him uh, a little of- bit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, like people like that were there. And that it was a very different crowd. It was at the Tech Garden back then. Oh, very neat. different. So yeah. anyway. Um, but uh, so I... 
I went to that meetup for a while, and there really wasn't anything else happening new in the community. But for me, it was just good to be able to talk with people that like had knowledge about stuff, and it really helped me grow a lot as a software developer. Sure. Um, so kind of like the next sort of step is um, because I started going to this meetup. Um, as of the tech garden, and as you both know, and I imagine most people listening would know that are in the Syracuse tech community, the tech garden's a place where there's a bunch of startups at, the, at this place, and they're often looking for employees to work there because they're relatively early on in their business, and they just need cheap help to help them with whatever they're trying to do to change the world. Sure. Um, so I was, like, because I was going to OpenHack, some startup just thought, oh, it would be a great, like, promotional idea to just send everyone who went to OpenHack who didn't look like they had, like, a job they were in love with a message mm-hmm. being like, hey, we're looking for people. If you would like to help us out, let us know. Okay. Um, so I got this email message one day, and I was just like, oh, okay, cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reached out, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm a... I don't really have very much money. Like, I didn't really earn an allowance. Like, my money okay. that I had when I was at that age was Christmas and birthday and occasionally mm-hmm. a little bit here and there. Right. Um, so I I reached out, like, back to these people, and I was uh, like, hey, I'd be interested in working for you guys maybe in some sort of part-time capacity. Here's my situation. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm, I think, at this point, like, in junior high school or something. I do want to help you, but I... I, I I'm at school during the day. I can help you after school or something. I don't oh, know. Okay. Um, so they originally expressed a lot of interest. Um, and then kind of over the course of like three months or so, the kind of the conversation meandered. And eventually they were like pretty much ready to give me a little part-time thing. I mean, it wasn't going to be much money, but it was more than like the couple hundred bucks I had a year at sure, that yeah, point. Yeah. Um, so actually I went to their, their office. I took a tour. I went with, I think, either my mom or dad or both of them, and they met mm-hmm. the people. and It was all going to work out fine. And I remember we went on a family trip down to D.C. And when we were in the hotel room, I got this message on my computer, this email message. And basically it was like, so we really want to hire you, but we actually can't because we talk with our lawyers and you're too young. <laughs> oh, dang. And that really made me angry, probably more <laughs> angry than it should have. Um, and that's why I'm not mentioning the company because sure. the people are nice people and I understand the situation, but mm-hmm. it made me a little angry. Um, so, so were you under the age of 16 at that point then? Uh, I have my working papers. So I, I think whatever the age of working in New York, mm-hmm. I had the documentation so I could legally work. I was, I think it, don't quote me a hundred percent on this because I'm not illegal by any means, but mm-hmm. I want to say that I think you can start getting your working papers at like 14 or 15 in New York, depending on what the job is. Actually, now that I remember it, I went to mm. the high school guidance counsel, counselor to get them. So I must have been in high school. So it would have okay. been at least 10th grade. So at least 16 then. Okay. Yeah. So that, that really surprises me then that they would say that because it's not like you were going to be operating any heavy machine or anything. Yeah. Right. I think it was just like legal liability or something like that. Sure. I think it was maybe oh, the lawyer was just being conservative or something about it. I don't know. It is what it is. But right. anyway, so I, uh, I, I'm a little angry about this, but the kind of the thought in the back of my head is like some company kind of wanted to hire me. So mm-hmm. could so, maybe some other company wants to hire me. So go. at the next open hack, I was just like, Hey, so I'm potentially interested in something. Like, here's my situation. If you know anybody, maybe let me know. I I really didn't know what I was doing. Right. Sure. Um, and this guy who used to work at the Tech Garden, who doesn't anymore, but is a really awesome dude. And I think he's down in North Carolina now. His name's Tony Kershaw. 
Um, and if you talk to anyone who's like from the tech guard at that era, they'll know who Tony is. He used to have the most awesome uh, Twitter handle, which is Tony Fried Baloney. That's cute. That's a really <laughs> he doesn't cute have any more, and it's kind of unfortunate. But anyway, um, so he he was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. We we were like somewhat friends. Like he he would come mm-hmm. to the meetup. Maybe acquaintances is a better word. He would come to it occasionally just to see what was up, and we'd chat. Sure. Um, so he uh, he put out the word, and eventually. Uh, Two people kind of responded. Um, a group down in New York that I talked to but didn't really work out with. And then the other person was Doug Grishenzi. Oh, uh, no way. So There it is. Yeah. Um, which he's been on this podcast before, I know. He sure um, has. He sure has. So I, uh, I talked to him and he was starting up. Well, not maybe not starting up, but he was kind of near the beginning of the, forming this company called Lono, which... I don't okay. think he talked about it all on his he episode. He did not mention did not, that. But I knew that he had at least one or two more companies that he had started mm-hmm. before he yeah. started um, Upstate Interactive and Hack Upstate. And mm-hmm. I, I won't get into too much just because the fact he didn't mention it, maybe he doesn't want to talk about it all that much. But sure. basically the company, they made a, a smart, smart sprinkler controller. So you take this little box, you attach it to all your lawn sprinklers. Like these are in-ground sprinklers, like the pop-up and like... Sprinklers. Yeah. Um, and you would be able to like control them from your phone and like set up like schedules nice. and stuff like that. So it's basically, good. like he just wanted some help and he wasn't really not all that particular about me other than just like it seemed like a nice person. Sure. And he was willing to pay me like a couple hundred bucks a month to start out. And I was like, yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, I worked I worked with uh, with Doug at Lono and a bunch of uh, another rotating cast of characters there for probably, <laughs> uh, I think it was until like spring 2016 okay okay so I, I'm just I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to do a timeline here because I wanted yeah. I wanted to see how I want to see how innovative all of that was before so was that all like before Google Home and like you can go on your phone well it doesn't have to be Google it could be uh, there's a couple because I have one that's it links through Google but it's <clears throat> I mean it was something kind else. Of... so you can go into an app um, and like turn stuff on and turn stuff up yeah. Was it before all of that really took off? Uh, I would say, yeah, it was before that. I, th- I think what was more the, the thing they were targeting wasn't necessarily the whole turning it on and off with your phone, more that you can do that to a sprinkler controller. Because these sprinkler sure. controllers up until this point had been kind of like the equivalent of uh, what like the old style uh, thermostats would be, where like you just like set it on the box and you right, like yeah. go into programming mode and you like mm-hmm. split all the switches. Right. So they want to make the Nest equivalent of that. Nice. Which... I mean, I guess that's kind of, like, innovative to me that it would come Mm -hmm. out before all that. They had thought of that beforehand, but with a sprinkler system. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, like the golf courses, they probably just set it on, like, a timer. Yeah, and I mean, that's how you would traditionally do it. But you run into things where, like, oh, maybe it's raining and your sprinklers are on. Stuff like that. Or maybe, like, actually Mm -hmm. you set up your uh, schedule so that scientifically it's not actually the best way to water your lawn. Right, yeah. Um, And Lono didn't get quite that far. But, okay. like, that was kind of the end goal. Gotcha. It's have, still pretty innovative, though, to, to yeah. do all of that before, like, all the Nest and all that stuff came Yeah, out definitely. Beforehand. They have some really good ads, like or, like, kind of promotional material. I Probably still on YouTube. If you look up Lono, uh, if you look up, like, Lono the Rain Gods, it was kind of, like, their, their subtitle. Because um, okay, Lono's a, the Hawaiian rain god. That's a YouTube um, search for sure. Yeah. I need to see that. <laughs> anyway, so... I uh, I eventually got laid off from Lono, which was no big deal. I kind of mm-hmm. at this point I was I was a kind of about to, like I was gra- I graduated high school at the uh, 
2016, basically. Mm-hmm. So I uh, at this point, I was it was kind of like a good transition point for me. Um, and in the background f- uh, of working for Lono, I had been like applying to college and stuff like that, sure. going through that same sort of process that everyone kind of goes through if you're around my age level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I applied to three different schools, SUNY Polytechnic Institute out in Unica, Utica, um, okay. SUNY Binghamton down in Binghamton, and then RIT mm-hmm. out in Rochester. And really, the it was something where like my safety school was SUNY Poly. I pretty much was 100% sure I was going to get in there. And I did get in there. Um, and then I applied to RIT in Binghamton. I really wanted to go to Binghamton. Um, and then RIT was like, I'd go there. It's just, it's like, it costs a lot of money. I don't know. Sure. So I applied. Um, I got into SUNY Poly like I expected. Um, mm-hmm. I got into RIT about what I expected too. Um, Binghamton... That really got me a little angry. They put me on a wait list. And, like, Oof. they put me on a wait list. Oh, wow. And then after that, in July, they denied me. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Imagine. Yeah, it was it was really unfortunate. Yeah. But, so, I like, basically Amazing. until July, I was not sure where I was going to go. So, I don't I guess you, well, maybe they've changed since I went to school, but... Hmm. RIT was always like the one, you know, the higher up, like that's the one, you know, that's the good school. But so you're saying mm-hmm. that Binghamton at the time was well, the more... The reason why I wanted to go to Binghamton at the time was that I've always been a very financially conservative person. Like I, I my dad's like big into investing. He got me into that relatively young. Once I started okay. ha- working and had like taxable income, I could prove to the government I earned. I could start shuffling into like Roth IRAs and stuff like that. I kind of started going that route. Nice. So like that's that's something where because I have those sort of core values, I want to try to spend the least amount of money possible but still get the decent enough education I can. Mm-hmm. So really right. for me, because I live in New York, was like SUNY schools are where I want to yeah. go. Right. Yeah. And yeah. for what I wanted to do, SUNY Binghamton seemed like the best SUNY school that... <laughs> had, like, a computer science program that made sense for me. I went down there. I, the campus, I thought, was a fine. It was decent. I had a bunch of friends who were going there, too. Um, so that's that's really where I wanted to go. The other option was SUNY Buffalo, and I, mm-hmm. I didn't really like that as much. I forget what it was that I didn't like about it, but sure. I don't know. Anyway, what, what ended up happening was like, I got denied there. Basically, I, like, was like, okay, I guess I'm going to RIT. That's the only other option, really. I didn't really want to go to SUNY Poly. So I was like, okay, I'm doing so, it. I got, like, my all my stuff set up. Like, they gave me a .edu email, like, the okay. whole nine yards. Yeah, so you were ready to um, go. Like, ba- yeah, basically I was ready to go. I even got, like, a roommate set up and, like, everything. Oh, wow. Um, going into this, I was really doing it because it was what was expected of me, not because uh, it's really what I really wanted to do. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, like, it was just... Did you become the rebel, Ryan? Uh, <laughs> and not go to RIT? Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> so, right. I, uh... Only I, because, like, that was the big thing of, go, you gotta go to college, you gotta go to college, you gotta yeah. go to college, and it drives me crazy. Right. Even now. What, what I ended up doing was, I kind of, in parallel, I had been thinking, like, so I'm already working for a company. Mm-hmm. I'm basically, like, at this company doing things that I feel like a full-time developer could be doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like I have a big skills gap between that. Mm-hmm. So why can't I just work for another company and basically, like, earn what I'd pay for college? Like, it, yeah. it seems like that right. I'm, I could do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe th- there's, like, I... I definitely weigh, weigh the pros and cons. I mean, maybe there's, sure. like, social things I'd be losing or, like, it's an experience I want to have. Mm-hmm. And 
I was basking him in the inclusion of like, I'm going to put the feelers out because I'm, I'm not at Lono anymore. I have maybe the option. If something falls into my lap, I'm going to take it. Okay. Otherwise, eh, I guess I can do this RIT thing. It, it'll, I'll still work out fine if I do that. Sure. Just might be in some debt or something like that. I, financially, I was like, I don't want to do that. But mm. So I, I put out the feelers and it turned out that I think it was like my final, my last day of finals in, uh, in high school. I would remember I was, like, sitting in the cafeteria, and I got, like, I was looking through my phone, like, waiting to get picked up from these these finals, like, being done with high school. And I've been looking in the, the Syracuse.io Slack. I don't think it was even called Syracuse.io back then. It was called, I think it was just the Open Hack Slack. Open nice. Hack Syracuse Slack. Um, and I, I see Jordan Messina post something like, hey, we have some job openings at Density. Um, oh. take a look at these job postings and I click on it and I'm looking at them because I'm kind of in that frame of mind thinking like, hmm, it would be cool if I could maybe do this. Yeah. So I say, send Jordan a message being like, hi, I think you know me. You've seen me at Hack Upstate. I've worked in the density office a couple times at Hack Upstate. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, Jordan and I knew each other, but not really right. all that well. Oh, um, sure. And I said like, hey, Maybe could maybe something work out here. Like maybe you are looking for some part time help or something. Um, mm -hmm. And like we had a bit of a conversation. It turned out like really they were looking for some full time work. Okay. Um, I kind of was like, can I maybe go to college and still help you on the side somehow? Oh, like okay. how can I make me both these work do a similar arrangement to what I'd done with Lono in high school? Sure. And they didn't really want that as much, but basically, like, it just came down to looking at the company, seeing the people there, taking mm -hmm. it, going for an interview there. It was clear that, like, it's a company that had some good people at it. Absolutely. Um, so I basically was like, I kind of don't really want to do this college thing anyway. I don't really feel like I need it, or at least at the time, I didn't feel like I needed it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, why don't I just do this full time? And I guess now, almost four years later, here I am. Still working there. Wow. Um, I've grown a lot as a developer. Sure. Uh, actually, the other fun fact, um, the last, uh, the other job, so there were two job openings. The other job opening, t uh, Gus took. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. So we Amazing. were hired at the same time. That's cool, though. Oh, wow. That's cool. Okay, so you and Gus go way back. Uh, pretty far fun. back, yeah. Sometimes I think they could be twins, too, when you're talking to them in, in the intellectual level. I'm just saying, I don't know whether I'm to take just... that as an insult or like... <laughs> A compliment. I'm just, it's a definitely a compliment because sometimes you guys will start talking about things and I'm like, I feel like Penny. Huh? I do. That's what I feel. I'm like, well. I'm, I mean, Density has attracted a weird group of folks. Like, everyone at Density is, like, has their own little weird things. And, like, I someone recently, actually, who, who just left the company, unfortunately, but had a really good comment to say about it, which is, like, there's no one at Density that I wouldn't mind being stuck with for a day hanging out with. Oh, that's a good sign. I like yeah. that. Yeah, that's and really I would definitely feedback. agree with that. See, that's, that's the kind of company that, you mm -hmm. know, uh, when people start talking about, like, working at, like, Microsoft and all these other companies, and I'm like, I cringe. I'm like, oh, the companies. Uh, <laughs> I don't you. know if I could do that. I mean, you know, like sure. if, in the end, if it, if it came down to it, I, you know, I would absolutely do it. And I would do my job because any job that I go to do, I, I always give them 110. Like percent mm -hmm. I'm in it. You know, I'm I'm here to help your company make money and make it better for customers or whatever it is that that the case may be. Sure. But I would feel most comfortable in a small setting mm -hmm. like that. That makes sense. You know. Yeah, I mean, everyone I've met from Density has been great. Yeah, um, definitely. Like my dude Steve, who is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's a shout out to anyone from Density listening. You folks <laughs> need to come to more meetups. Seriously. Yeah. I'm like the only regular one, and I wow. kind of am a little annoyed by that. Maybe more annoyed than I show. So please come. 
it would make me, uh, I would enjoy it. We would like to thank Syracuse Coworks as one of our sponsors, the only nonprofit co-working space. They offer day passes, monthly memberships that vary in price, and a recording booth for all your recording needs. It's where we record our podcast. Stop in and check out Syracuse Coworks, located at 555 South Clinton Street in Syracuse, and see all that they have to offer. So you worked at Density for a few years. Um, you already knew Doug, as we mentioned, who... Um, in his episode, I believe I ended up editing it out, so sorry, but he only had nice things to say about you. Oh. When he oh, asked us, like, you know, who do you guys have as guests? And we said Ryan, and he was like, oh, my God, Ryan, and, like, just thinks you're great. So. Oh, well, that's great to hear. I think yeah. Doug's great, too. He is, <laughs> sweetie. Uh, yeah, so you were working at Density for a little while. How did you get involved with the Careers in Code program? Yeah, so I knew kind of that group for a while, and okay. I heard Careers in Code was the thing they were talking about. They announced it, and they were like, "We're going to be doing this pro, we're going to be doing this program." Mm-hmm. And I thought, I want to be involved because basically everything that Doug and Hack Upstate and Jesse and Mitch have done have always gone really great, and sure. I want to be involved with it mostly just because I know it's going to go well, and I just. Mm-hmm think it's a good mission and I want to be involved. Awesome. So I went to like the kickoff meeting. They had like a, we had this idea. We want to talk to the community and figure out how realistic it is and like understand kind of how it's going to go. Um, I think most of the instructors were at that meeting, but weren't really, didn't really know they were going to be instructors yet. (laughs) Um, And originally I was... Was that a, um, hey, we want you guys to come to this meeting and and get your input. And then before they left, they were like, oh, by the way, would you like to be an instructor? Yeah, a little bit like that. That's cool. Um, I I originally was just like, I don't know if I want to commit to a full module. I just want to do like a couple lessons or something. Wow. I I was like, I I wanted to be involved, but I didn't want to be that involved. And then Uh I think Jesse maybe misunderstood what I meant. And he was like, oh, you want to do module five? And I was like, uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) A couple lessons is very different from what you ended up doing. Oh, yeah. That was like three weeks of constant (laughs) work. But you guys did like months of constant work so I, my, what I did he doesn't even compare um, but anyway so I uh, kind of was involved did what I could there mm-hmm. and I mean I think it turned out really well yeah. Okay, so Jesse came to you and said, do you want to teach this module? I wasn't sure if it was like people got to pick what they wanted to teach or if they kind of had some ideas about who they'd like to teach what. Um, I think we at that first meeting kind of came up with roughly like we wanted the curriculum to be. Okay. And I think at that point he was just like, what modules are people interested in? And ah. I think it was more along the lines of we'd like you to teach a module. Mo- what module would you like to do? And it seemed mm-hmm. like the module that was maybe I was the best suited for and maybe the least controversial. <laughs> That's kind of how I took that Max had said it, too. It was like they were mm-hmm. like, okay, here are all of these. You know, what are you really good at? You know, what mm-hmm. are the ones that you are really good at? Like, yeah. um, he basically, in a roundabout way, said that, like, Jeff Pacetti was really good at, like, the front end and all the HTML and CSS. And so mm-hmm. that's how he ended up with that. You know, not that any, anybody else couldn't do it. Yeah. Just that that's, like, kind of was, like, Jeff's forte. And sure. so he wound up with that. Um, you know, and it just, it kind of just went from there and that, you know, like Joey with the react and Mm -hmm. everything that he knows, which is crazy. And I think for me, it was just something where I've, I've got a very broad sort of general base where like, if Mm -hmm. I'm needed to teach something, I can probably do it justice and learn it before I need to, if I really need to, to teach it in more detail. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right. So 
said module five and he said go um i believe this was your first experience teaching is that right um i suppose i think okay. it depends on how you define teaching it's definitely my first okay. experience of like being in front of a class being the sole teacher mm-hmm. like talking about a thing and like yeah. presenting it and like like grading stuff and like sure one thing is, listeners may not know, but you you both know that I didn't really didn't give a lot of homework, and that was nope. mostly just because I never really found homework to be all that helpful in school. <laughs> sure. um, and we actually, okay. at the Careers and Code retrospective, we kind of, I don't know if it was a meeting or what, but we had like a conversation, mm-hmm. and we were like, yeah, actually, this is why homework is important. Okay, <laughs> we figured it out finally. So... I th- right. Next time, I think I might think about that some more. But sure. but even looking back at that, just to go by what you said, you know, and I know I've said it before, but by mm-hmm. like module four, I had stopped doing homework because everything you guys were teaching, I was putting to my capstone so that I could mm-hmm. actually have that, you know, mm-hmm. to show for it instead of like homework that has mm-hmm. like. Uh, yeah. So, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I actually got a little bit in trouble. Like, one weekend, oh, okay. I, it was either Doug or Jesse was like, dude, you got to give some homework. <laughs> like, you haven't graded them at all yet. Nice. <laughs> nice. I, I, which, actually, I'm really surprised that they didn't say anything to me because I, yeah. I literally just, like, had stopped doing homework because I was putting it more towards my capstone. And, and mm-hmm. somewhere in the beginning of it, it was like, you got to turn homework in. If you don't turn your homework in, you're going to get a, you know, a warning. And then the second time, you're going to be out or something. And I'm thinking... Yeah. Geez, I should be kicked out by now because I haven't turned homework in, and I don't know how long, you nice. know. But when it all was said and done, everything that you guys had done, here's your capstone. This is what I did. This is what you guys taught me. You know. Mm-hmm. So, I guess that's kind of how I looked at it. Definitely. Um, what would you say was the hardest part about teaching for the first time? Um. Huh. I mean, so uh, to be clear, it wasn't my first time. Like, oh, I, okay, right, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had a lot of teaching experience over the years, both like in high school helping teachers and like stuff like that, or like tutoring one on one. Okay. Um, I'm, I that's kind of where my strengths lie. Mm-hmm. So in general, I played to those a lot. Like you both remember, I did a lot of going around the room and working with people one on one because I knew I could do that. Nice. <laughs> but it worked. Strategic. And I think that a lot of people liked that strategy as well. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the way that helpful. the way that you had taught the class was like you were like, okay, here's this information. I'm going to present it to you and then we're going to figure it out. And mm-hmm. I think that worked really well because I think by the end of each one of your classes or your by the end of your module, mm-hmm. everybody was clear in, in what it was that yeah, yeah. on the information because of the way that you did it. Um, I mean, I know mm-hmm. I liked that. You know, it was like, okay, here's this information. I'm going to present it to you. Let's walk through it and let's do it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think it was first or second night and you're like, okay, pick, you know, get together with a partner and make your computers talk to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that was good. That was, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the thing you didn't mention is it didn't work. But <laughs> uh, Welcome to Careers in Code. No, no, wait a minute. I don't remember that I because mean, some I, people might have had a struggle, but I, I'm pretty sure that like where our okay. corner was, there were at least okay. four of us that were talking to there's, each other. There's That's one right. thing like that I remember that didn't work. It was really stressful mm-hmm. because it ended up like... I didn't quite understand what was going on. I was like, hmm, okay, this is something really below, above my level of knowledge. So, I, and this was like the first or second day, and I was like, wow, oh, is this what it's going to be the whole time? Yeah, but didn't we come to find out it had something to do with, like, 
start. Was it the like the tech guard yeah. Wi-Fi or something was blocking what it was that we were trying to do? They they have a lot of restrictive sorts of uh, routing situations yeah. where like you can't send packets from one computer to another in their local network. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what it was. But we found a way around that because I remember there was in our corner there was at least mm-hmm. four of us that we sure. were able to. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, what advice would you give someone who wants to start teaching? Hmm. I would say using teaching as a way to get better at something is mm-hmm. a really good approach. And okay. I, I would say that if you don't have a lot of knowledge, you shouldn't think you can't teach. Okay. Um, I'm very much a proponent of like sharing things and being, being a sharing things is really broad. Being able to, uh, being able to take ideas you have and using them kind of to mm-hmm. affect your surroundings. And I think that teaching is a great way to do that. Um, as far as like more tangible things than that, maybe I think one-on-one is a lot easier than groups. And I think it's a lot okay. more forgiving because instead of, with, with a group, you often have to worry about like presenting and like com- multiple systems and like mm-hmm. audio visual equipment and all that sort of stuff. And one-on-one, like either of you most definitely could come up to somebody and say like, we're going to go through a small little like thing on how you do this small task. Being very broad, but you get the idea of what I'm saying. Walk through it on your computer. Someone could watch that. And then if they have roughly the same sort of setup, they could probably replicate it. And even something that small, I think is valuable. Like people are able to, to take that, get something from it and and move Mm -hmm. on. So I think Teaching, uh, teaching one-on-one, I guess, is the, the important thing for me to start with. Okay. Some good advice. Can I yeah. get that experience? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, from my perspective, I can see, like, the teaching the one-on-one is the person learning gets to ask the questions in, 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 an, in an in-depth question versus sure. if they're setting in a group. Because everybody learns differently and at mm-hmm. a different pace. So in a group, sometimes that's hard to do all of that um and when you're one-on-one you can dive deeper into some of that stuff for so. sure definitely yeah and i find that in groups often when i'm on the other side of that i'm trying to learn mm-hmm. i have a, i really have a hard time asking questions in groups often okay. because just like i don't want to derail the whole class with like my particular weird fascination sure see yeah that- so <laughs> what i most what that i do I, I used in, in like way back in like grade school and high school, I just wouldn't ask questions because I found that I wouldn't ask questions. Then I'd go talk to the teacher later and they'd just br- brush me off. Um, I had, okay, this is kind of be tangential, but I had uh, one teacher in high school who I also won't name. I don't think she'd listen to this, but I won't name her. Sure. And I remember I was, we were talking about a science topic. It was a science class. Mm-hmm. And I was like looking at it and I was like, oh my God, I think I understand this. And I was using some of this, these like new calculus skills I had learned in, in math really recently. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, I went up to the teacher and I was like, you know, I think this is this, 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 derivative, this, integral, this. And she was like, I don't believe in calculus. <laughs> and like, what? I just, for like the whole wow. day, I was just thinking like, what kind of teacher says that to an excited student? Mm-hmm. And what? That. I, there's so many, like, Okay. Maybe it wasn't, I don't believe in calculus, but something but, that it, profound. But something that, mm-hmm. along, but even, even something along those lines, if you're a science teacher and you're saying that you don't believe in the math part of it, like, uh, that just throws up a lot of red flags. Yeah, yeah that's like, very concerning. Hello? 
and you know, I think they kind of they kind of go hand in hand. I think you know mm-hmm. maybe not all of it. I mean, obviously because there's so many different areas, but sure. you're still yeah no you're still gonna because even with like the biology you still have to have some type of mathematic in order. Yeah, definitely. Lots and and I think what she was trying to get at is like the solution I'd come up with wasn't the approved like regent science uh, solution, yikes. which like sure, but. I don't care about that. I want to understand right. it so I can I can understand it long term and not just so I can do the homework, but unfortunately that's not how the education system set up. Would you like to go from zero to full stack web developer in 24 weeks? Karen and I did. We're graduates of the first cohort of Careers in Code, a coding boot camp also sponsored by Hack Upstate. Learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and more from awesome instructors and incredibly patient TAs. If you're ready to change your career, sign up for the second cohort waitlist at careersincode.org. You can also sign up for the Hack Up State Careers in Code monthly newsletter to receive updates, upcoming events, and job opportunities. That's careersincode.org. Yeah, I feel like my high, my junior high and high school education really hate, made me hate school more than I probably should have. I had a couple really bad math teachers, like really bad math teachers. Where did um, you go to? Baldwinsville. Oh. So, I mean, it was, I mean, this, I'll be clear. I had a lot of really good teachers too, but they just weren't in the subjects that I really wish I had had good teachers in. Right. Um, but anyway, and the thing that really sucked about it is the math teachers I had in these particular subjects, they were like the level ones on those subjects. So I had a really bad algebra teacher and a really bad calculus teacher. So really it screwed me up for a lot of years, and Mm -hmm. I'm just now finally getting to the point where like, I'm actually kind of enjoying learning like traditional topics again. Just because I've finally gotten over that like angst and fear about it. Right, and you're right. Mm. Not having the right teacher really, it does. Um, Mm. I do have to say, I guess I'm thankful that I had a great math teacher for two years. I had her two years in a row. And then I had, it was my senior year in high school, and I started taking pre-calculus. He was good, but he was fast. So I was like, what? You know, he... (laughs) And I... Wait. So the teacher that I had before that for, like, geometry and trigonometry and all that, Mm. her husband taught the calculus... And he might have taught something else. I would go to him for tutoring because the guy was just so fast and he would just whip through stuff. And I'm like, slow down. And I, one day I finally I was like, slow down. And he was like, hey, no time to slow down. And I was like, oh, boy. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'd just like to say that angst and fear is still how I feel about algebra and calculus. So good for you for getting past that. I will say that. I've enjoyed a lot more that sort of stuff when I can learn it at my own pace. Um, sure. For anyone kind of getting into software, especially maybe more the math-heavy side of it, like maybe machine learning or something like that, mm-hmm. um, lo- knowing statistics and linear algebra has become more and more clear. I need to understand that. I just don't have mm-hmm. that math background right now. Um, there is a really great linear algebra course on, I believe, uh, is it Coursera? MIT OpenCourseWare? Something like mm-hmm. that. It's by this guy named Gilbert Strang. 
and he, it's like linear algebra. He goes through like matrices, vectors, all these sorts of operations you can do them, like okay. explaining them very well. He's like a really good professor. I didn't quite get through all of his stuff, but he's given me enough of a fundamental on these sorts of math concepts where I feel like I can talk with someone and not be lost. Like I Excellent. understand what like a dot product and a cross product are, which for many years, like no idea. And that does make a big difference because I can remember, um, so, you know, like I took the trigonometry and pre-calc and stuff in, in high school. And then I didn't go to college right away. And when I did finally take it, it was just up to OCC. It took a little week, you know, it took a few weeks. But once I was in the class, I was oh, yeah, I remember. I remember that. Okay, cool, you know. So mm-hmm. it, it made it easier to kind of go through it again, having a good teacher. So I can only imagine mm-hmm. your struggles with having teachers that didn't teach it well. That That's mm-hmm. tough. Absolutely. Well, I am reconsidering my interest in data science since it's so math-heavy, so great. Excellent. It's that little software crisis right here. You can do it. <laughs> uh, thank you. Appreciate if you take the right courses, like mm-hmm. online, there, are, there are definitely the resources to learn that sort of stuff. Okay. And just, I would say, like, the resources online are are way better than what I had, like, in person. In fact, mm-hmm. to points where like there were classes in high school where I basically took the class on Khan Academy and not the teacher. Nice. So, I mean, okay. if, there's that, if that's any consolation. I, that helps. Thanks. Appreciate it. Join us next time when we continue the conversation with Ryan Goss. If you would like to follow me on my personal learning curve journey, my website is kethorn.com. Instagram, Karen Thorne, Twitter, kthorne, and email, contact at kethorne.com. Also, be on the lookout for JS Web Development, LLC, as I'm starting my own business. Twitter and Instagram are JS Web Dev. I'm working on a website that should be up soon, and that's jswebdevelopment.com. And you can always email me at jswebdevelopment at gmail.com. You can keep up with Kelly by following my Instagram and Twitter at thisiskelcore or visiting my personal site, kel.dev. Together, we are Salt City Code. You can follow along with the podcast at Salt City Code on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to us at saltcitycode at gmail.com. And remember, always keep keep it it salty. salty.